Our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles gives us a symbol, an image that some of us might be really aware of in Pentecost feast day. And the symbol is tongues as a fire. Tongues of fire. That is the sign used at Pentecost that says God will use the human language to reveal fully who he is and his plan of salvation. And that tongues of fire go upon all his followers, especially the apostles, to be prophets, to go out into the world and through using words, the human language, that all will know who God really is. Now, this tongues of fire is also at our baptism. It's all of us who receive. We are the church, and we speak to one another in the world using words that reveal who God is. So how are we doing with our words? What's an example that you and I can use to say, this is how words help unify and lift people up? Let's take a look at the video of a human interest story that will give us the insight how to use tongues as a fire. Finally tonight, Harvard Law School is considered to be one of the most prestigious academic institutions in the world. CBS's Steve Hartman introduces us to one of its newest graduates on the road. No one has ever attended Harvard Law School for its sparkling glass doors or smudge-free countertops. In fact, support staff here say most students never even notice their efforts, with one remarkable exception. He says, I just want to give you a hug and, you know, say hi to you. They say one day, this one student started thanking all of them. Thank you for what you do. And this is something very different. I'm like, what is this kid's angle? Food service worker Brion Merchant was skeptical. But once I heard his background, that's when it just all made sense. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you see us because you're one of us. Mm -hmm. For sure. That student is Rehan Staten. Before coming to Harvard Law, he worked in sanitation. My job was to refurbish the dumpsters. I've heard people literally point to me and point to my coworker and say, like, don't be like them. I think it just reminds me to stay humble and um, just remember I wasn't always standing here. Today, Rehan has not only maintained his humility, he has multiplied it. Earlier this year, Rehan started a nonprofit called the Reciprocity Effect. Its mission? To guarantee that from now on and forever, the support staff here at Harvard Law would not only be seen, they would be celebrated. This was the first support staff awards banquet, honoring in Oscar-like fashion the custodians and cafeteria workers and everyone else who makes this place possible. The feeling of knowing that you are appreciated will always go a long way, especially for those who don't know that. I think that's what makes what Rahan did so special is because you didn't even realize how unseen you were until you were seen. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is kind of nice. Rahan Staten. In the coming days, a lot of graduates will stand high on a stage, a great vantage point to finally see all the people who lifted them there. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Cambridge, Massachusetts.
Thank you. I recognize you. You have value. So uncommon. What's this kid's angle? What are you about? What do you want? How many tongues were silent of saying nothing or having fingers pointed at people saying, do not be like them? The question is for the church, and remember, you're the church. Just don't point at bishops or priests or people who have leadership roles in the sense they have a position in church. You and I are the church together. And I'm going to ask you the question, how's our tongues of fire doing? How do we speak God's love to all people? How are we doing? In today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the wind, the sound of the wind comes into the place where the apostles are at. And as Scripture says, these tongues, this tongues of fire, this spirit comes upon them. And they start speaking their different languages. And they say, how is it that everyone speaks their native language, but we all understand one another? Maybe because that's the language of God, who is love. Luke writes this as a response to an Old Testament story in chapter 11 of Genesis. The tower, the city of Babel. In Hebrew, Babel means confusion or jumbled. And so when people were full of themselves, saying, well, there's really no need for God, or we want to be on par with God, or it's really just about us being great, being ourselves and living for ourselves, what happens it's the ancients' attempt to explain why there's so many languages. And because of the different languages, division happened. They couldn't work together because the words that were used were divisive, belittling, full of unhealthy pride, full of saying, it's all about me first. And so the question is, how are you using your tongues of fire at baptism to speak to people. Man, you and I are being influenced right now by social media, by media, by maybe even our neighbors and maybe even, unfortunately, family members whose tongues are used to belittle, demean, exclude, judge harshly. And it's so easy that we can pick that up. And yet, even some people in the media who are positioned in church use language and words and their tongues of fire that are not very loving, not very caring. And so I'm going to ask you this week, who do you need to use your tongues of fire to lift up like Rahan? Spouses. Man, life is busy, isn't it? And raising children or living with another person is probably the hardest thing we do as human beings. Amen? Oh, you can be more serious than that. <laughs> I've talked to a lot of you married people. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> it's hard. It's not easy. And yet, maybe we can recapture and redirect how we speak to our spouses in loving ways. 
because sometimes we can be impatient and sharp. Maybe we can use words that we know people who have been vulnerable to us that we can get back at them. And maybe we can do some healing or being aware that I need to express more love in different ways. How about speaking to your children or children speaking to your parents? How are we speaking? Because we can become very short. Hey, I coach teenagers in high school football, guys. I know sometimes teens can really say some very hurtful things. And teens, if you're here listening or on live stream or watching on demand, how's your language to your parents? Because every teen, even when I was a teen, we could catch ourselves and be sure that we don't fast ways in just harsh ways say mean and hurtful things and expect like they'll get over it because it's painful how do we speak to our children sometimes when i talk to children the image they have of their parents is constantly complaining now that's their perception but i think what can be true is we can balance that out with affirming how do we speak to our neighbors Let's, let's be honest here. To leave here today and think that you're not going to gripe about another person, that doesn't happen. I don't do that. I gripe about people. But you know what I do? I choose one or two people that I trust, that I can share what's really going on in my life, and they keep it in confidence. And then they give me feedback that can be very helpful and go, I just feel better getting it out. Maybe I'm not as wrong as I thought, or maybe there's a different way to look at it. Look, choose people that you can trust. If you're telling 50 people why you're unjustly treated, that's a problem. That's called gossiping. That's called bragging. That's called wounding people's reputation. And some of us can't help it, can we? But to think that you're not going to complain about people and neighbors is not realistic. But what is realistic, contain it to very few people that you can trust and develop a relationship. So when you leave Mass today, the word Mass means to be sent. And all of you are going to be sent out today. You're going to hear words today from some of the people that you like, that you support, that you and I would say, well, they're not bad people, and yet they'll use language and words that we know are not right, and yet we'll go, what can we do? I think you can call people out for that. doesn't mean they're totally bad. But to say nothing, and to simply say they can be cruel to people and use language that demean, belittle, or treat visible people as invisible, that's not tongues of fire. Tongues of fire sometimes is what? Speaking boldly. Boldly doesn't mean you're always right and you're ready to judge and condemn people. Boldly means we can do better. We can do better. And so today, when you begin your life this week, what's your breakfast table conversation going to be like? Is it full of naughty words because of the news? I don't blame you. But how do you speak about people even when you don't know them? How do you speak to your neighbor? How do you speak to your family and friends? And how should the church speak to people who are broken, who are lost, 
who make poor decisions, who are not loved by society. We are the church. And how we live our daily lives is an example of how we can use our tongues of fire. As in today's story, lifting people, no matter who they are.